Hey guys, Super Don here. Just wanted to take just a second of your time to invite you to subscribe to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter. Every morning, I send out the latest health news and information of the day, and it goes directly to your inbox. All you got to do is subscribe. The easiest way to do that is to pick up your smartphone and text the letters RSB to 22828. That's RSB to 22828. It's as simple as that. You'll be subscribed to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter. Appreciate it. Here's today's podcast. Oh, hi. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. About to begin. I was just looking at my uh, clipboard and writing on it to look very important and educated so that you would rely upon everything I say today and question none of it. <laughs> we're, we're asking the questions. Wait, no, you're asking the questions. Hey, who's an expert? How do you know who to listen to? Actually, that's where we're going to open the show. And then we're going to go to, oh, I, dare I say an expert in German new medicine? Uh-oh. Wait a second. Now, I thought I was doing Germanic medicine. Homeopathy, doesn't that come from Germany? Maybe that's the old stuff. We're going to find out about the new stuff. Well, what's called Germanic new medicine uh, with Andy Lockmears. I'm really looking forward to that discussion in hour one. And hour two, we got a, a lot of uh, freedom of speech issues to, to review as well. Uh, and a shocking admission by the scientific intelligentsia, talk about experts, that clinical depression, depression may have nothing to do with low serotonin levels. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I know they were the experts. So we'll talk about depression as well. Questions of the day and more. Come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Join us in the chat room, share the show, and let's get ready to rock the health world right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. All right, rocking the health world as we do each and every afternoon in North America, around the world, evenings, mornings, wherever you are, live or later. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Thank you for being here and uh, profound, profound things we're about to learn today. I just have that sense about it. I'm not overstating it. I'm not putting pressure on my first hour guest because she's awesome. Andy Lockmere is going to join us in a few minutes. We'll talk about Germanic or German new medicine and uh, just all the things that we can introduce to you on that regard, in that regard. And the idea is to empower you with perspectives on health and healing that you might not hear in many or any other places in media for sure. And then it, it comes to the question of, as I teased this, for those of you that were right on the edge of opening the show before we open the show about experts, questions about experts, who's an expert to you and what qualifies them to give you quote unquote advice or something else? It's an interesting question. We're going to, we're going to dive into that in a moment, but first I want to remind you, we have this week long special. We're in the middle of it right now. For those of you who are aware of the dangers of heavy metals, toxic pesticides, and are saying, you know, I'm not sure how I want to go about getting this stuff out of my body. One of the simplest ways to do so, safest ways to do so, are with things that can bind to those metals, bind to those toxins, and easily escort them out of the body. Now, we, you know, I've been talking about minerals for decades, including selenium. Uh, we know that in relation to mercury and other metals, it's critical, as well as silicon or silica, which is associated with aluminum, to pull that out. But there are other things, minerals that can help, including uh, mineral formations like zeolites that we know can bind to things you don't want or need in your body. Yet, for the years of discussing zeolite here, my concern has always been, but it's coming out of volcanic soil, which also contains a lot of garbage and heavy metals you don't want. If someone were able to produce this stuff, clean it up, get the garbage, the heavy metals out of, out of it, and give it in a safer form, I'd be like, I'd be all over that. And finally, we found it, or it found us. 
And this is this uh, Touchstone Essentials Pure Body Extra Natural Nano Size Zeolite. I'm going to hold that bottle up for you. For those of you who are on the uh, newsletter uh, list, Super Don has already sent out an email to you. But if not, you can text RSB to 22828 and get on that list. RSB, text it to 22828. But for right now, there's a link as well in the show notes until July 24th. Today is the 20th of July, 2022. You've got four more days to take advantage of this. Guess what? Five bucks. No shipping. Free shipping, basically. Five bucks. You can try it. And if you like it, keep going. And I think the the results that we're hearing about, and I'm utilizing it now as well, are amazing. And I'd love for you to plug into it. And you can get free shipping if you're in the United States, which you expect, but also Canada, which you don't expect. Even less, you would expect it to be able to have free shipping to England, United Kingdom. Yep. You guys listening on UK Health Radio, if it's before the 24th of July, do this. Come on over to robertscatbell.com. Click on the banners. We put it up on Instagram and other social media. And then also Australia. Our friends in Australia and yeah, even New Zealand. This offer is good for you too. Five bucks, free shipping. Give it a go. And if you got questions about it, I'm going to be talking with the uh, developer and uh, the, the dude, the man from Touchstone Essentials uh, this weekend. It's Friday on the show. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because not every day you get a deal like that. I'm like, everybody get it and try it. No, no risk really in that regard. So from there, we go to the experts. The question about expertise and experts. Super Don and I were talking before we got on the air. And, you know, it's an un- a little bit of an uncomfortable place to be. Super D says, I don't even, I don't want to be an expert. I don't want people calling me an expert. And it's kind of like me going, I don't want people calling me doctor. I'm like, you know. People want to be doctors. They want, please refer to me as doctor. I'm like, no, please don't. Even though I understand the origin of the word doctor is, or physician is teacher and healer. And in those, in that context, let me just say this. I can, I can align comfortably with the term doctor, but the way doctor has been used, it's been degraded to the point where who would want to be one or be called one because by and large in the Western world, to be a doctor, particularly of allopathic medicine, medical doctors, even DOs now, even some allopathic naturopaths, you become part and parcel to what is the considered the third leading cause of death in the West. Arguably the first or the leading cause of death, because that which doctors prescribe with their prescription pad, toxic, poisonous uh, petrochemicals that have no deficiency for which you have no deficiency in the body, resulting in horrible toxicological burdens and or nutrient deficiencies as your body desperately gives up those minerals to protect itself from the garbage doctors are prescribing for you resulting in maybe you had a disease quote unquote maybe you didn't at all and now you have 10 or 15 or 20 because of what they gave you and so the leading causes of death have been considered in the west heart disease and cancer for many decades but even those two things are caused primarily in my humble opinion by doctors what they do, what they don't know can hurt you. And so if you go to them as experts, what are they experts at? Are they experts at nutrition? No, no, because they didn't learn it. And no, you know that already. So why do we hear so many people say, well, I heard about this dietary mineral supplement. I'm going to go check with my doctor. Like that's the last person you want to check with unless you're concerned about, oh, well, it might interact badly with the drug he or she has got me on. I'm like, you should be worried about the drug he or she has got you on, not so much the mineral. Now, I grant you and I acknowledge this too with so called nutritional experts. Many of them have bought into the allopathic methodology that as much as we can get you and more is better rather than the form being appropriate for the body to utilize fully. And then you, you get wasteful 
and perhaps even a toxicological burden from so-called vitamin supplements, mineral supplements that are in the wrong form or to excess. So experts, not just in medicine, but experts in nutrition can be guiding you wrong. Now, I'll give you an example of uh, how I've utilized an so-called expert in the area I'm in, high desert, dry, and I wanted to learn how to grow food and have greenhouses that were appropriate for this area. Now, I could go online to any number of sites that talk about greenhouses, and I could build one, and it could totally fail because it's not specific to the environment that I am in. Yes, there might be different requirements. In fact, there are to the manufacturer building of things that you think for your garden, that would be great. Interestingly enough, one of the methods of growing food that I've adopted is called Hugel culture. And if, if you can hear by that word, that's German Hugel culture, K U L T U R culture. I can't say it with the accent, right? But maybe Andy Locke Mears does the German thing. We'll find out because she does a lot of German new medicine. So we'll see about that. But the point is when you take what they do in Germany, this, this form of agriculture called Hugel culture, if you do it the same way in a high desert, it's not going to work. You've got to modify it. So finding out somebody who has expertise in your given area or of interest in your given area specifically, you're probably going to succeed a lot more, especially if you talk to other people and said, yeah, I work with that guy and we built this and it's awesome. It really works. As opposed to, now nah, I never heard of the guy. He says he's an expert. I don't know. And you, you start talking to people again, finding out about that. And I'm not saying don't listen to your gut, your intuition as well. If you can't find anybody to talk to about so-called expert or an expert specifically you want. But found someone who had a track record. And then the same thing I ask again, okay, I've established his bona fides. Is it you say that or bona fides? <laughs> I established that and go, all right, now let's find out if this dude can, can teach me anything. And so then you try out a class or something like that. You find out, well, I didn't understand a word he said. So all that expertise that he may indeed have cannot be translated to someone else. Or maybe you go to class and go, oh, dude, I can do that. And now you found out you have an expert that can actually provide, if you want to call it advice or information that is utilizable. In this article, it says, headline, experts don't always give better advice. They just give more of it. It kind of reminds me of what they're shoveling. They're shoveling it, and they're shoveling it, and they're shoveling it. And you're like, oh, that's enough. That's too much. And so is it quantity that they, they might know a lot of stuff? And you go to them, and they throw a lot of stuff at you. And you're like, I can't use any of it. So Super D, in this article, it's interesting. It's not just about do they have expertise, because they might, but can they communicate it? In a way that you can, all of that expertise it. isn't worth much if they can't yeah. do anything with it, other than just flap their gums, right? Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of them like to do that. Just just check out Peter Hotez once in a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. one of those guys. He, I mean, a camera goes by and he's running in front of it. Hi, I'm Peter Hotez. I'm an expert. And speaking of Hotez, how about uh, Fauci? He's an expert, isn't he? He's yeah, he expert. is. How many of you take his advice? And, and so, you you know, Superdome was talking to me about uh, being back at our old syndicator years ago, getting high level experts to come in. And you remember going through a training on something and you're like, dude, I'm falling asleep here. There's nothing. <laughs> it's like, this is not helpful at all. But he's got yeah. the name. They got the reputation. And so whether you consider yourself an expert at something, because Superdome does have expertise in things, whether you consider yourself a good teacher. I don't know, Superdome, we've never talked about that when people call up 
because you you know often people would call up about podcasts and radio and you know stuff i'm you kind of a control won't. freak so i don't really know okay all right anyway <laughs> i and you know i am probably more overly concerned about when i communicate to y'all about the things i know or that i'm learning that you actually can take it and use it as opposed to just hear it and it bounces right off of you maybe i'm obsessed with that i don't know but i think it's an important part of teaching is not just oh I, I heard myself talk and it was wonderful i'm like can people actually use this information for for, for better to better themselves and of course we're here i'm here 23 years later super down with me 17 years something's working or else people wouldn't be coming back you guys would you'd come and go enough of that so thank you for bearing with me and actually maybe benefiting in fact as, as many of you have and i benefit as well from the relationship of what you teach me and what you share with me about your experiences too it's not just a one-way street, so thank you for that. So let's go to the uh, Germanic streets on the Robert Scott Bell Show right now as we're joined for the first time by a special, special guest on a topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while, and it just so happened it's working today. Andy Locke Mears is with us, and she's got quite a storied history to get to this point. We were talking about her fitness regime. She could probably kick my butt in the martial arts. She's awesome. And she's been at it for so, so long. Make sure your microphone's on there, Andy, as we bring you into the mix here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah I can hear you great. Wonderfully. And, and, and I'm excited to, to learn about the things. I'm just going to say this. My, my good friend, Dr. Carolyn Dean, medical doctor, naturopath, homeopath, has always been talking about German new medicine. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I love the concepts of it when we talk about it. At the same time, is it only for Germans? Is it only taught in German? I mean, these are the things you ask because homeopathy is comes out of German roots too. Is it related? So set the stage for this thing called German new medicine or Germanic healing methods. Good. Yeah. Perfect questions. Truly. So to really understand this, we go back to the very beginning of how was it even discovered? It's not like homeopathy at all, even though what is it about the water in Germany that all these things are coming out of Germany, right? That's what I kind of wonder. What are they drinking over there? So I'm going to go to a story to kind of set the stage here. And the story goes back about 30 years with a physician, a regularly trained physician, whose name was Dr. Reiki Gerd Hammer. And he was, in, like I said, regularly trained. And he loved medicine. He was a brilliant man in that he developed many patents, like for surgery. He was a very forward thinker. His wife was also a physician. And they received a phone call one day that their teenage son had been accidentally shot while on vacation. I mean, if you can imagine as a parent and as physicians, they rushed to their son's side. And over a three-month journey of amputations and all kinds of operations and things, his son, their son passed away in their arms. And this was 1978. So this is a long time ago. Um, and short time after that, the doctor was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, this is a guy who's always been extremely healthy. He'd never had a major, any major sickness. He looks at what happens. He was a very intuitive man as well. And he's looking at, I just had this big, huge shot, and now I've got cancer. There's got to be a correlation there. 
Now he's not going to mind body spirit like you and I might. Mm-hmm. He's a physician. He's but, going but, to classically trained information. But mm-hmm. something some triggered in him that some event that was shocking, and specifically the loss of, of, of a family member like this. Right. And then the following is this manifestation of a serious cancer specific that men would go, Oh, I'm paying attention to this. Right. And, and so his trigger event opened him up, even though you talk about not necessarily full into body, mind, spirit, but something opened right. up from a physician perspective to let a little bit of healing light in. I'm, I'm imagining. And where did it lead that from there? Right. It didn't make sense to him that he'd always been so healthy. And then the only thing different in his life diagnosed with cancer was this shocking event. So just logically, that's where he had to go because that's what made sense. So this was the early 80s. And in the early 80s, they had the new toy called the CT scan. So he was working at the University of Munich by this point and with cancer uh, patients. And he did CT scans of all of them, including himself. And what he realized was that everyone had some sort of targeted ring formation somewhere in their brain in different locations. He's like, hmm, and he had one too. So he's thinking about this, thinking, what the heck is this circle in my brain doing? So he started to talk with his patients. Imagine that. And all of the men who had testicular cancer, like he had had, he had gotten through surgery and he was fine now. But all of these men had experienced a very profound loss in their life prior to their diagnosis just like Dr. Hammer had had. So he's that's what we would call a clue, but most that's, a, pe- that's a huge clue, isn't yeah. it? Yes. Most physicians are taught not to look for clues because they will link to, let's say causes that are not generally recognized, or if they are acknowledged, it would alter the practice of their bread and butter, so-called medicine, pharmaceutical medicine. So Correct. This is really setting the stage for this guy's going to, is he going to become the enemy of allopathic medicine soon? What's Oh yeah. Now? You think? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. So he starts to piece it all together, right? Talking with all of his patients. And he realized that by looking at their CT scan, by talking to them about their medical history and talking to them about their, what's gone on in your life, he correlated it all and realized that everyone who had the lesion in the area in the brain, same location, had all experienced some kind of conflict shock, what he calls a conflict shock, and they all had the same diagnosis of cancer. There were no exceptions. It was 100% accurate. Well, I don't know about you, Robert, nothing in medicine is 100%. Nothing. Nothing. Not even in holistic health is Mm -hmm. 100%. But in this, it is 100%. And you called it conflict what? Conflict shock. Conflict it's a shock. biological shock, which is different than trauma, emotional trauma. So the difference is that a conflict shock rises to the level of a conflict shock from trauma when it there are three criteria that are met. And that is it's unexpected. You can't prevent it. You can't prepare for it. You're caught on the wrong foot. Hmm. And you're just unprepared for it. So that's when your psyche, your deep subconscious, the a part of yourself that's a deep subconscious part, which is hardwired for survival, it says, oh, we're 
off guard here. This could be dangerous. Let's adapt this organism to make changes so we can survive this. Now it's different, like I said, than an emotional trauma that does not do that. We call, you know, this is something that I talk about often in terms of chronicity and chronic disease, the adaptation syndrome, Hanselier acknowledged. Yeah. Um, and I think about this adaptation though, people would say, well, that doesn't seem like a great adaptation adaptation for survival. These men have testicular cancer after a, a shock event or, a, you know, a conflict shock. And so I'm like, okay, how do we explain that? Why it manifests as a cancer specifically this case, or as we go through this hour together, I know this is just early on. It's, it's not like we're going to be super comprehensive, but that's also why we have your website link for people yep. that want to go further today, but to get some of these basic concepts down, uh, a conflict shot leading to a, a, a manifestation of something we like, we don't want that. <laughs> why did that happen? And so talk a little bit more about the relationship. That's a, that's a really great question because we have been taught wrong information about our body. Mm. We've been taught to fear our bodies. We've been taught to fear our symptoms. And so, of course, why would we want this? If we were not taught that, then we would embrace, oh, my gosh, I'm finally healing. I know what my conflict shock was. I know how my body adapted. And now I know what my healing phase will be. That is perfect empowerment. We don't have that today. So you're, you, if I understood what you just said, that manifestation of a, a, the cancer in these men would be linked to that. When you realize it was linked to that conflict shock, then your focal point on healing is to go back to that conflict shock and somehow, what, dissipate it? No, you, you've already resolved it. If you're okay. in the healing phase, so you have symptoms, most symptoms are in the healing phase. There are two phases. Then you realize, I've already resolved this. Just support your body. Stay out of fear and you will finish this program and you will be fine. So this guy who started German new medicine, I'm going to say it that way, then began to, I imagine, see, Hey, are there other events that are leading to other things that we can remedy and find a pattern that has emerged to undo that pattern of disease in, in bodies everywhere? Yes. So he then spent the next number of years mapping out the entire brain and mapping it all back from looking at CT scans and looking at a person's health history and what the diagnosis was. And he was able to correlate every single circle in the brain with what program is running, what allopathy would call a disease. So we know from looking at a symptom what the conflict shock was. We know what happens in the conflict active phase when we're upset. And then we also know what to expect in the healing phase, which is known as a, you know, being sick, if you will. So all of that is laid out. It's not a mystery. If you look at chart behind me this is some of his work it maps out the entire brain by germ layer and that is because embryologists were the ones who confirmed his work decades ago wow so let's uh, give equal uh let's say support to our female watchers and listeners uh you mentioned a specific uh shock type event manifesting as a specific disease affecting men can yep. you give an example for women that is a common pattern that people will go, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I recognize that. What would come to sure. mind first when, you, when we go there? Oh, man. Well, we have two breast programs. So looking at those, those are super common. The most common one is the ductal breast program that runs. The conflict shock that causes this is known as a separation conflict. Something has been torn from my breast, something that I love, someone that I love. 
I'm separated from. So it's no wonder that most, you know, breast cancers occur in their early 40s when what's happened, well, our kids have gone off to college. Now we've got empty nest. That's just one example. But it's a separation conflict. So when you're upset with this issue that's occurring, you're losing cells in your breast ducts. That is normal. That is natural. Once it's resolved, we then replenish those cells. That's what they call cancer. It's not. It is like a scab that's simply healing you. And then we finish that and we're back to our normal day-night circadian rhythm. So, so it's not what we think it is. If you're just tuning in, uh, Andy Lockmears is my guest this hour, and we're talking German New Medicine. And you also use this phrase, uh, Germanic, if you will. And maybe that's to expand to say, well, it's not only for Germans. But the origin right, right. Well, it's, out of Germanic healing knowledge is Germanische Heilkunde is what Dr. Hammer called it. Okay. Now, the closest way we can translate that is to Germanic healing knowledge. And it's not a direct translation, but it's kind of the best we can do. Okay. So Germanic are the ancient people of Europe. The Anglo-Saxons were part of the Germanic tribe. So the ancient indigenous cultures in Europe. So think of Native Americans here. America, well, we're talking about the native people in Europe. That's so weird. how did he tie it into uh, the ancient ones, so to speak? Did he start? Well, he grew up yeah. He grew up in that area, in the Frisian okay. area in Germany. And so he was very much attuned with the cycles of the earth like the native cultures are. Mm -hmm. And that's when he realized, when he discovered the five biological laws that he discovered that are true for all species, he could see them directly link to also the cycles of the earth and of nature. And he realized that we are a nature. We are as much a part of nature as any tree or rock mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, I see our problem is one of disconnect, uh, disconnect from source and, of course, source nature yes. creation. Uh, and that, um, as I've said, one of my conclusions as, as a healer for many years now is that my role or goal as a healer, and I try, try to communicate this to fellow healers, whatever background they claim to have, doctor, official or not, is to reconnect people to the source of all healing. Yes. And that is their source. That is, yes. you know, some would call it God, nature, whatever. I, I, I don't think God cares what you call it, but the point is it's a connection to source. And that is that we are part of that very thing we try to disconnect ourselves from or say we are somehow above and beyond it and we violate it. We do all things to destroy it and wonder, hey, I wonder why we're having problems here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you there. It's been an amazing journey for myself just learning this and reconnecting with what I know to be true as far as myself, my own you know, belief system and everything. So it's, it's a fabulous journey. And it's one that I encourage everyone to take because it is incredibly empowering it sounds to me that uh, you wouldn't have to be a medical doctor to do this. In fact, it might help if you're not. You'd have a lot less to deprogram from. That oh, any anybody absolutely. who has an inclination to healing, or maybe it's just a personal thing. I want to help myself. I'm not. I'm not really want to set up as a healer, but perhaps this is also something for those that are already in the healing arts and sciences could integrate into their practice to, for more efficiency. I'm imagining. Absolutely, yes. I work with all kinds of practitioners of of any many modalities from energy work to physicians to um, hypnotherapists, homeopathists. I work with so many different holistic type practitioners and healthcare providers to, to teach them how to integrate it with they, what they already know. So I'm a traditional naturopath. And what I had to do was once I learned this, I had to go back to the wellness center 
and relearn how to use everything in accordance with the two biological phases that occur for every human. Right. So it, it takes some integrating with what you already know. But once you integrate, you're much more effective with your clients. Yeah, integration as opposed to disintegration. We, we see that all of the time in the distancing ourselves from our essence, if you will, or our origin point. Yeah. Disintegration is how we are divide, divide and conquer uh, in right. that context as well. And of course, disease seems like it takes the ease and disconnects it from us. <laughs> That yes, means, right? absolutely. All of that makes sense to me. Uh, now, part of the nature, natural world is, uh, you know, that we are poisoning. We're poisoning ourselves because we are part of that. Uh, and I, I got to mention uh, something out there for you gardeners and th those people around the house that don't like the bugs around the house, what to do safely. And then also, Andy, I want to talk about your website and the things available there. And for those that aren't sure, if you come over to robertscatbell.com, we have links in the show notes of today's July 20th, 2022 show. And it takes you to andylockmears.com, A-N-D-I-L-O-C-K-E-M-E-A-R-S. And uh, was Lock a, a middle name or a last name that's before marriage? It was my middle name, my birth middle name. Okay, because yes. I, I always uh, admired the writings of John Locke, L-O-C-K-E. Yes, yes. Uh, in terms of a that. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. uh, folks, uh, if you're out there gardening and you're getting some pests now, look at the quality of the soil. That's a big uh, kind of a clue as well. But in the meantime, to manage it safely, don't add toxic poisons, please, just like the drugs the doctors are doing. Um, toxic pesticides are part of a big part of our problem. And so our friend uh, Tor McPartland developed the delimonene, which is out of nature. It's what uh, the citrus mm -hmm. fruit has in it, in the, in the peel, distilled it out, and it's used to protect it. And we can use that at home, around the house, safely. The kids won't be harmed. The pets won't be harmed. Only little ants, creepy crawlers that you don't want if you want to have it. And your house will smell like oranges or your garden. And you can see me even in my greenhouse with it. And I only grow things organically. Uh, so uh, it is OMRI listed for organic agriculture as well. Uh, orangeguard.com or and or you can uh, go out to your local ace hardware for those of you in the united states to have those they're uh, independently typically locally owned and they have the orange guard there despite the fact that all of these big box retailers are still carrying glyphosate and roundup it's unfortunate but if y'all stop buying that stuff they'll stop selling it if we look for the government to solve a problem that's our problem of our creation we're waiting and waiting and waiting like Godot. he never shows up if anybody knows that play um so also uh, upcoming events, we have a bunch of them. The next one coming up August 6th in Pittsburgh. Thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, I'll be hanging out with my good friends, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Tracy Straup, Len Brankowitz, and uh, Jamie Dorley. And you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. And I think they may be selling out, but I'd love to see in Pittsburgh if you can join us there. If not, you can also watch online. There's online ticket sales available, and they're at nutritionalfrontiers.com. And uh, we got a bunch else uh, beyond that. Autism One in Mesa, Arizona, that's happening the 18th to the 21st of August. And, uh, of course, the big one that we're all looking forward to later on in the year is the Health Freedom Expo, middle of October, outside of Chicago. Far enough outside of Chicago, you'll be okay at the uh, uh, Tinley Park Convention Center. Andy, have you been to the Health Freedom Expos at all before? I haven't. I'm dying to go to one of them. Oh, it'd be great to to meet you there. And, and yes. I don't know that people have spoken. I, I think Carolyn Dean has spoken at some of these over the years. I just don't remember if the topic included the German new medicine as much right. as uh, she knows about that today. So just planting the seed for that as well, as we totally. like to uh, always embrace new ways of looking and thinking and, and uh, really empowering people to get well and stay well.
So the question I have for you about your website, uh, it, there's a, a lot of drop down menus. There's even services, consultations and things. Uh, we also have a link to, I believe, a, uh, a class that you teach. Seems like a, it's a, a master class. It's only 20 bucks, which is great to try yeah. it out. Um, is this something that if people want to go further, is it also helpful if they just want to help themselves? Yeah. So the, the premise of this is that it's, it, first of all, it's not modality. It is not something you do per se. It is a new definition of biology, uh, physiology, pathology, psychiatry, psychology, and behavioral issues. So learning this is the therapy is in the knowledge of it. So the more that you learn it, the more you understand how, how you work with it and use it in your, in your own body and your own health. So I teach it because that's the, the best thing to do. Con mm -hmm. A single consultation isn't going to give you what you need. We're speaking different languages. That's okay. not going to work. You have to speak the language. So I do a basic course called Beyond Holistic Medicine. And that is where everyone starts because it gives you the five biological laws. It lays the foundation. Mm -hmm. That foundation is really, really important. You and mentioned here, the five biological laws. Is it, is it okay to bullet point them or will it just confuse people? No, I don't think it's, it would be confusing. Okay. I mean, there's a lot to it that I won't sure. cover, but the first mm -hmm. one is mm -hmm. that every disease is initiates from the conflict shock, which I've mentioned earlier. Yeah. The second one is that there's two phases to every program that runs. There's the conflict active phase after the shock. Let's say you've lost your job suddenly. It's like, mm -hmm. oh no, how am I going to put food on the table? So now you're conflict active. You're growing cells, losing cells, or losing functioning somewhere in the body. And that's your tissue adaptation. Let's say two months later, you get another job. Now you've resolved that. But now your body needs to return to homeostasis, to balance. So if you grew cells for two months, you now need to break those down. There's pain, swelling, and inflammation like that. If you lost cells for two months, you'll replenish those cells. There's pain, swelling, and inflammation with those. If you lost functioning of an organ, you'll now regain it. So that's what we call being sick. This is the healing phase. This has got to be uh, so annoying for anybody that knows what you know in German New Medicine to try and communicate this with people, as you point out. It's like, I, I get what you're saying now. Uh, there's a real language barrier here in how you perceive disease that's so, ra I would say it radically different. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think it's a good thing. It's like we all need to learn new language. And I've talked about in my journey to healing, Andy, was learning the language of my cells, which the doctors called symptoms that yeah. needed to be squashed or suppressed or censored. And they did that with right. drugs. So the entire right. lesson from medicine was like, if you have a symptom, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Who cares you why it's there, it. it matters not. And we'll do anything, including poison you to get rid of it. And, right. and so that's, you know, your primitive preschool understanding that doctors have of, of what so-called healing that's not healing. But even in holistic thought form, what you're talking about is also different. It is. And, and it's not it that is. it's, uh, let, uh, I don't sense that it would destroy people's understanding totally, but it certainly transforms the way you look at it. It transforms yeah. it. And that's why yeah. I mentioned that when, if you're a holistic practitioner, you have to use your tools and skills and knowledge in a new way. Right. And right. when you do, you're more effective. So we yes. had the two phases in the second 
we got the one conflict shock two two phases conflict active and a conflict resolution or resolve you resolve phase. it and then okay. you're in the second phase and that's the pcl phase the post-conflict phase or the healing phase yep. is that considered part of the the second phase here we're talking that's, okay. that is the second phase the healing phase is the second phase Post-conflict healing, guys. Post-conflict phase is the healing phase, yes. I'm saying it like this in a very slow, methodical way, not to replace what people may engage with you on, but just to have a kind of a a framework, an outline that kind of gives people a basic way in. I think this is good. Right. So thank you for rolling with me on that. And then, not to jump too quickly, but then we go to this, out of the five biological laws, do we transition to the third one? So the third one will be that there are three germ layers and that all of our organs and tissues are grown from these three germ layers when we're way back as a very tiny embryo. And what Dr. Hammer's work, it tied embryology with the biological laws he's discovered in that he discovered the different parts of the brain that control each organ. Mm. And that's what the chart is behind me. We've got three germ layers and we know what part of the brain controls each part. So in other words, a heart attack happens in the brain. A cough happens in the brain. Now the associated relay is also affected, the associated organ, but it's all led by what we discover in the brain. Yeah. So now the pushback from folks, I can hear them now. I was like, what do you mean the heart attacks in the brain, right? It's a whole new concept, believe me. Just, just right. roll with it. She, it just, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just at this point, because I can, you know, feel the uh, opposition and objection to these concepts because they're, they're very new for a lot of folks, even holistically inclined. And it's just yeah. a fascinating depth to, to which we can kind of maybe see connections we didn't see before that this guy brought out and that, you know, many people, including some of my friends have been utilizing for years. So I, I am truly fascinated by this, this journey. So within that third phase where you talk about the three germ layers associated with what part of the brain controls what organs. Yep. Uh, how are how are we utilizing that? Because we're also used to saying, all right, how does that lead to a remedy or remedies? And that might be the wrong question. Yeah. Let me go a little further with the biological laws and let me come back to that. Mm-hmm. The fourth biological law is that our microbes are our friends. We don't want to get rid of our microbes because in the healing phase, if we had cell growth in the conflict active phase, then in the healing phase, the microbes break down those extra cells. They are natural microsurgeons. So we wanna keep our microsurgeons intact and getting rid of them with a lot of antibiotics or chemo, things like that, that destroy our natural biome. That's not beneficial for us. We need them. We need them to help us to be healthy and make it through that healing phase. The fifth biological law is called the quintessence in that every dis-ease is always because our body is adapting to help us during times of distress. There's nothing wrong or bad about any symptom. It's all part of the amazing creative plan of our body to survive. And that's how we're hardwired. And that's what the quintessence brings us. So when we come back to healing, it's about understanding okay, what program is running in my body? Did I have cell growth or cell loss in the conflict active phase? That's going to determine then what I do in my healing phase to help myself finish this program once and for all. And that's where I may bring in some homeopathy. I may bring in some herbs. I might go get a massage. Hmm. 
Mm -hmm. But once I understand what's going in in my body, I then understand how do I support it so I think this once and for all. On any of these five uh, biological laws, do any of them encompass or embrace the idea of our allopathic brethren saying that you must have a deficiency in any of these toxicological compounds, these components that are clearly toxic to the body, drugs? Right, right. So I'm going to say if you're in an accident and they need to do surgery and use some drugs to put you back together so you will survive, sure, I'm all for that. Emergent medicine is perfect, and that's a perfect use of this. Same conclusion in terms of where does allopathic medicine belong in trauma, uh, wartime medicine, to keep you know someone who would otherwise immediately die in trauma. Right. Okay. Uh, Right, exactly. So the challenge is that when we have high blood pressure, oh, now I've got medication to manage that. It's not managing at all. It's making it so you can't resolve that program. It's now running your body instead of allowing your body's natural biological programs to finish by themselves. Hmm. Well, this is very honoring, certainly, to the body. Uh, It it is something that maybe some folks out there, you're resonating with this. And I know that we're only skimming the surface, even though we hit the five kind of basics. But I just at least wanted to have a framework to kind of move forward as we explore this some more. We have somebody uh, that's watching on Facebook I think that it commented as well in the chat room there because we're on some, somehow we got back on Facebook, but someone from <laughs> elemental health says Andy Lockmears is my mentor and teacher. I would recommend her educational course. She has changed my life and practice. Uh-huh. Is that, is that like your mother saying that or your daughter? That's saying, not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is no longer with us. So yeah. not my mom, not no. my family. It's, it's nice though that you, you got people that are working with you. They're saying, yes, uh, this has re- been real helpful. And that's what we talked about. Who do you, who do you go to for support and in, in taking steps? You put yourself out there in that way. So obviously you have an inclination to help and help people integrate uh, uh, to this type of thought form or consciousness or paradigm, if you will, right. in healing. And it sounds like it's very uh, complimentary to all the things, as you said, people that are already holistically inclined could begin to see things in a little different way that might guide them to choices right. that might be the same because they get great results and explains it, or it might be somewhat different. It's like, Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't realize that connection. And it adds to your arsenal, not to speak in terms of warfare terminology, but sometimes that, that is the language that we use, but giving you a tool, another tool in your toolkit. In other words, did we freeze up Andy? Did we, did Andy just freeze up there? Super Don? Yeah. I noticed her. Uh, Robert, I'm, having a thunderstorm here that's affecting my connection right now yeah it is we can actually see the connection wobbling and i don't know where in german new medicine we would describe what's happening right now but a thunderstorm is overall a good thing just not good for internet connectivity (laughs) but we're doing a live video and audio interview yes okay now i see you and hear you i'm sorry i didn't get any of that (laughs) Uh, no problem like i said your internet's coming in and out because of that uh storm and I was just saying how important storms yeah. are. I love the sound of thunder. I don't get it as much as I used to when I was in the deep south. But there's a, a an ion exchange in the atmosphere that's quite extraordinary at those times. It's just it's not helpful for Internet connectivity for audio and video interviews. That's right. Unfortunately. <laughs> so I g- greatly appreciate what you're bringing to our attention here. And I. And I'm grateful for the patience of those who've been saying, you need to talk about this topic. And it's like all these things come around in their own time. 
I have not been averse to discussing it. It's just between me and Super Don coordinating guests. That's been a limiting factor. And, you know, Kevin Tuttle, our buddy, has been great at uh, giving us the ability to access more folks like yourself that have interesting information that we, you know, try to cover. I would love to cover more often. And we are now getting to that. So, again, I thank you for all That's that you're great. doing. Looks like your yep. connection's strong again. Let's see if, if it holds so we can continue on here. It looks better. Yes, absolutely. Good. You know, one thing that would be maybe fascinating for your viewers is to talk about what we call constellations. Mm -hmm. And that's when we get into the realm of, you know, what allopathy will call mental health, behavioral issues, mood disorders like depression. Dr. Hammer, once he figured out the entire physiology of the brain, the anatomy of the brain from his perspective, he then turned himself his attention to to those issues. He looked at the physical, figured all those out. He's looking at the mental and he figured those all out as well. So he discovered that when we have a conflict active phase in one hemisphere, and then we have another conflict shock that occurs and it impacts in the other hemisphere, our hemispheres now vibrate out of sync with each other. So there's an immediate behavioral change and it's usually fairly obvious. People will see that. Or maybe it's a mood disorder. Or maybe it's a behavior that mm -hmm. is, is um, exemplified right there. It's displayed. Something that maybe isn't very appropriate. So we, he, like I said, he went and looked at all of that. So when we look at the past few years and we see an increase in the different kinds of mental illness going on, we can see clearly why that is from a GNM, GHK perspective. Hmm. When we look at, say, the frontal lobe constellation, which is frontal fear, what's going to happen? And feel powerless, there's nothing I can do. That leads to what we call anxiety. Hmm. So that's just one example of the constellations he discovered. And Andy, I imagine if he were alive today, is he? I mean, it's been many years since this came out, a long time ago, right? Right. He he developed it over the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about even just the what you Ted said about what we call the microbiome today. That was so far ahead <laughs> of it. <laughs> recognizing the importance of the you know the microbiological life forms. If that dog is excited now as we're getting more Sorry. into the subject. But I, I think about the uh we call the conflict shock that has been almost universal in the last two and a half years surrounding the COVID crisis or scamdemic, pandemic, depending on your perspective on it, right. how it's impacted younger people in an unprecedented way that we've never grown up with. You know, unless you're in a wartime, war-torn conflict regions, there's a, obviously a conflict shock that you grow up with that's unique and different than most Americans have experienced. But if we talk right. about now, the last two and a half years, how is this going to manifest or how is it manifesting with the view from the paradigm of Germanic uh, perspectives or German new medicine? Yeah. Well, we definitely see the uptick in things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So depression occurs and this gets complicated. So I'm going to keep it super simple. When there's a right temporal lobe conflict shock, there are basically five of them. There's four conflict shocks in five relays when one of those is impacted, then there's an immediate mood change. You're now looking inward instead of outward. And it's what we what could be called depression. At some point, it may be called depression. It's an inner looking versus an outer looking. Mm. The other side to that is the left temporal lobe. This is more the manic side. 
And manic isn't like going crazy. Manic is just, you're happy, you're in a good mood, you're driven, you're goal oriented. So most of us in the developed world have constellations that are in each temporal lobe. Mm -hmm. And so we vacillate between the right and the left. We're manic, we're driven, oh, now we're down. Mm -hmm. Now we're driven and happy, now we're down. So depending on what just occurred, it got triggered, that program got triggered, and now your behavior or your mood changes. So, uh, Andy, if my brain is going and getting like headachey trying to keep up with all of this, I, I imagine this is what you have to go through in the training or education process. Is it also a matter maybe of reading something specific, a book or, or uh, something that you have that, that can help people? Because this is reprogramming, rewiring our view of right. these connections. Honestly, I feel it. I feel it as you're going through. I'm like, holy right. moly, this is a whole new level of seeing things in a different way. Not to the destruction necessarily, although there's some aspect of that when you learn something new, something else is, is replaced, but not necessarily to abandon the principles that have gotten you here because that work, but deepening the understanding of perhaps why they work or maybe even giving more insight into how to do even better in the future. Mm hmm. Right, exactly. So you mentioned books, and we don't have a lot of books in English. Most of them are in German. We've got a few that you can get on Amazon that are good. But I'm, here's what I'm going to say is that you cannot learn this from a book. You can't learn it from a website. You can't learn it from a video. You can try, but you won't be able to because it's not a modality. And that's the important thing. It is an entire shift of paradigm, shift of perspective. And that takes processing. You have to process it with people. So I decided four or five years ago, I'm I going to write a book and teach this, or am I going to develop a class, a course where I can interact with people? And that's what I chose to do because mm -hmm. that's the most efficient, effective way to learn this. Um, I, let me just see. I'm kicking in. GHK. Germanic healing knowledge. Somebody just posted in the chat room uh, a global summit. Uh, Germanic yeah. so, right. Yes, I do that. I have a nonprofit organization and not official nonprofit, but it's, it's a labor of love that I started about four years ago as well and invited a young woman, a young chiropractor, Dr. Melissa Sell to join me in creating an organization for different kinds of practitioners and healthcare providers who use GNM GHK with their clients. Every year we put on a summit. So our fourth annual summit is coming up in October and it's going to be our best yet. It is free. It is available to everyone all over the world. Please mm. sign up for it. We'll have more information coming out soon on it, but it is a fabulous way to really learn this and ask questions as well. We'll have an open Q and a on this Saturday class. So yeah, it's the, Germanic Healing Knowledge Global, GHK Global is, is one of my babies, mm -hmm. and it's a fabulous organization. We've, we're now around the world. It mm -hmm. started out as USA GNM, mm -hmm. just for those of us in the United States, and it very, very quickly went international. No, this is so, wonderful. Quite honestly, I'm just thrilled yeah. to, to connect with it. Thank you, Therese, I believe that's in the uh, chat room. Uh, Teresa, thank you. Yeah, connecting us with that as well. I don't know. I apologize, Superdon. If that wasn't in the notes, add it there. It might already be there, but I'm, I'm catching up a little bit on this subject yes. and topic and, again, fascinated by it. As I knew I would be, it's just a matter of when, 
when in the in the scheme of all of these things I know, these right? out? there's so much going on in the world but yes well and i think part of the so much going on in the world is serving to break down some of the old ways of thinking and viewing the world and healing and in fact not just allopathic medicine but even in what we call the holistic arts and sciences as well to say hey right, there's exactly. always more to learn and i've always exactly. said this when i reference the term experts when we opened the show today before i brought you on expert is such a kind of a fleeting word because you could be an expert at one moment and you find out everything you had an expertise in was wrong like the cholesterol hypothesis of heart disease right. or the serotonin reduction issue associated causation hypothesis of depression. And right. you could be an expert in that. And like your expertise ain't worth squat here on that front. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it and really yet, isn't. Yeah. And, and, and so a lot of people have seen and have been shaken to the core because the institutions they had quote unquote faith in, yeah. even though that's a religious terminology, but people have faith in science mm -hmm. and religion. Uh, are realizing the, the 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 failure of those things to actually explain why or what ails us, if you will. Right. And Absolutely. so pushing ever forward means that we're never really an expert, except an expert in understanding there's always more to learn. Exactly. That's exactly. a good expert. That's a good expert, right. When you recognize there's always more. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about Germanische Heil Kunde. I know a lot. But I don't know everything. And yeah. it's it's a lifetime of yeah. learning. That being said, mm -hmm. anyone can learn the basics and use them right away. I got to so say, Germanische Heil, Heil Kunde? Germanische Heil Kunde. Germanic healing knowledge. Yes. My, my yep. wife can speak and read German, although it's been a while, but she could probably say it a lot better than me. That's but, awesome. But again, yes. the Germanic roots going way back in this regard, I think it's going to be of great benefit. It has been to so many and many that I know, in fact, and uh, we will begin to see if what we can do to integrate some of these thought forms here as well. And I'd love to hear from all y'all, especially if you, uh, you know, decide to you know work with Andy and take her up on some of these trainings or maybe participate in this event we mentioned as well uh, to see as you bring it in, like in our chat room, like when we talk about things, people ask questions all the time. Hey, can you help me with this? I'd be curious to see how the language might shift as people look at it differently. Exactly. Yes. And language is very powerful, Robert. You know, the language that we use can kill us, right? Mm. You get a diagnosis, you've got two months to live. Mm. You're dead in two months, oftentimes. And that was language. That was the language that started other programs in our body. So we're really big at, we need to change our language away from fear. Mm -hmm. We should not be fearing our bodies. That is not part of Germanische Heil Kunde. It's about embracing what's going on. What's the smartest thing I can do right now to support myself and then doing it. All right. Super Don, can you say Germanische Heil Kunde? I want to <laughs> hear it. So I'm not the only one that's been paying attention or have you been snoozing this entire time? I just got to know because this is pretty intense stuff, Super D. I, I, it's okay if you have been. How you doing? Gesundheit? Is that what, what, what was it you said? That's closer than I thought. Hey, yeah. Oh, it's something like that. Yeah. Farfig yeah. Nugent. I don't know. You got some German going, Farfig Nugent. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Well, the healing path or journey, Farfig Nugent. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying this. Uh, <laughs> even though, again, it's a challenge. I feel stretched by it in a good yeah. way, though. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm really glad about it. Good. I'm really glad. It is, it is stretching, which is why you can't learn it from a book, a website, a video. You yeah. just can't. You can pick up pieces of it, but... 
you have to process it to really understand it. And I hear some people in our audience, y'all just crazy. I don't know what you're saying. Y'all just crazy. I'm like, yeah, we're just crazy. That's okay too. <laughs> I've been at right. this for a long time. And as I say, uh, yep. uh, if I am not willing to learn something new, then, you know, super Don has the right to slap me around because, um, that's the basis for this show is always, even though I know stuff, a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, there's even more that I don't know. And if we maintain that level of humility in, in the path to healing, always, uh, we'll always be open to learn something that maybe maybe gets us where we want to go a little bit more directly. That's uh, right. And, and uh, that's right. You know, some of us like to take journeys down calf paths of the mind, and that's part of our process. But at a certain point, I, I talk about efficiency of action. If you want to, let's say, accomplish, name something way out here, and you have a lingering ailment that causes you to be directed away from that goal, whatever it is you, you perceive you're here, here to do. That's been a big part of my journey to say, my gosh, this is what can bring us all together. You want to achieve something, but your body is kind of holding you back. What can we do to improve the functionality of it? And here, mm -hmm. what you've brought us today is another so-called layer, another germ layer yeah. of how to get there. Yeah. And another this is layer about sure. germs like, good germs and bad germs. It's not germ theory stuff. We're talking germ layer. That's a whole different discussion. Germ layer, that's different. Yeah. yeah, that's embryology. Yeah. So uh, Andy Lockmeers, thank you for uh, joining and having patience with me as you communicated this uh, in, a, in a slow and methodical matter to get us started. Yeah, you're wonderful, Robert. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to more. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I'll look forward to seeing you. Perhaps you can make it to the Health Freedom Expo. I will give that a try. Yes. Okay. Would love would to be, meet you in person. That would be amazing. So we'll use some of our new knowledge in hour two. I, I, I'm not an expert at it, but we'll see how the language shifts as we go here. And next hour, we got to talk about misinformation and disinformation. The evidence that depression is not caused by a low level of serotonin. Oh my gosh. And I got some questions of the day as well. And semi good news on the supplement front for uh, those of you concerned about uh, the government's attack on your access to those things. So again, Andy, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. You are so welcome, Robert. Wonderful meeting you. Thank yep. you for having me. Check her website out. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. More healing to go, but we're going to pause for an educational break and be back with, uh, well, what I've already told you. I will tell you this, though. The power to heal is yours. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Well, I hope you enjoyed that first hour. We definitely, I learned a lot in terms of concepts that definitely fit in with my belief system about healing, even though there are certain areas that it goes to that I haven't explored in depth because I've talked with, you know, Dr. Carolyn Dean has been an advocate for the German, German New Medicine as well and, and others. But as much as it, it can be difficult sometimes to go, oh, how does this fit? If you're engaged in learning, if you have the opportunity or time to do it, honestly, even if it can be frustrating at times, you're like, oh, I don't know that. I want to know that now. Just take your time. Pace yourself. You don't have to learn it all at once. In fact, I, I think if you did, your head would explode. And I'm not just talking about this, about anything in life. And for the young people out there, I'd love to think that Super Don and I were still part of the young people crowd. I, I sort of believe that when I'm at the gym, <laughs> you know, uh, 
I are, think you, are you uh, uh, experiencing some, what, what do they call that uh, when you get old, the, the, the over the hill thing? Well, not is it is it a midlife crisis you're experiencing, Robert? Are you reminiscing of the of the glory days? No, it's an acknowledgement that we, you and me, of our generation, there are folks in in this generation that we're in, the X generation, that have experiences and acknowledge that uh, the, the next generations had different experiences growing up. They look at the world a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. uh, I think about especially the young people that, and maybe this is true of every generation. You look at someone, you know, say, I wish I could do what Super Don does, or I wish I could do what RSB does, whatever it is. And they think that we were born knowing what we know. It's just like, it's, it's, maybe it's human nature to look at someone, and this goes to the opening story that you threw at me, the expert story, right? We look mm-hmm. at someone who's an expert. Like, I, I'll go back to when I met my mentor in homeopathy. He was in, I think, his 60s at that point, maybe late 50s, 60s. And he had been through so much, and he could immediately see things and say things that looked to me like he was a psychic like how did you know and so my perception of that initially not so much it's like oh are you a psychic which means you have this gift this ability that no one can really attain unless they're lucky as opposed to no he happened to work very hard to overcome death inducing illnesses to learn what he learned to such a degree that it comes pouring out of him like you know just breathing and and some people is, would say it's that experience. It's, well, yeah, that's I mean, the yeah. point. Yeah, the experience, yeah. for I mean, instance, of German new medicine, which uh, Andy can speak about with ease, relatively speaking. And I feel the synapses in my own brain trying to make connections as she's talking because it's a different language a little bit. And and I'm just saying this because I'm remembering what it was like in the early years of learning, for instance, homeopathy or anything new. It seems so foreign. Or if you learn a new language, it's so foreign. It's like it's almost impossible. How do you do it? Or when my daughter, you know, hears a song and she wants to learn it on the piano. And at first it's a struggle. At the same time, it, it happens. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I just kept doing it. And it's like now it's like breathing. And it's just a reminder, if you will, for those in our audience of younger generations that we toil in obscurity to become an overnight sensation. Right. You meet us as an overnight sensation. We might meet an expert as an overnight sensation, not realizing all that they've gone through to get where they are. And this means that what? There is effort required. I would love to say effortless effort. Super D. I mean, how can you make effort effortless? And perhaps that's a, maybe that's a class all in and of itself. And I would think my first inclination to answer my own question there is, if you if your goal is so strong, so powerful about what you want to achieve and you found a pathway to get there, the effort it takes to get there feels effortless in a, in a sense because it's like it's so part of your being and you're like, you know it. That's why people that would practice something, you're like, how do they have the discipline to practice? There's something that they love so much about what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying that in every case, but I'm just thinking about the years that I was studying what I was studying. and I look back and I forget about all of those years intensely studying reading absorbing digesting and yes it was work but i look back and i don't remember the struggle so much as i remember the joy in learning those things to get to the point where we do this show two hours a day six days a week and you know it just kind of rolls right out i know all the things you throw out at me and it's just like i've got to react to it in a sense but there's something that can meet it there fairly fairly readily if you will but that couldn't have happened 30 years ago is my point 
I think that's my point. Okay. Do you have a point? What was the point? Why would we even talk about this anyway? On the top of my head, yes, I have a point. You headed whatever. I just think about the expertise that you bring to this. You didn't have it when we first started together either. You muted out. How did you mute out? You were just. It was a heavy conversation in a lot of ways that okay. happened in the yeah. last hour because yeah. it was, you're right. And, and the thing is, I could, I could see it happening in real time with mm -hmm. you yeah. specifically, where it was like you were having to like take the pieces and kind of rearrange them in your brain a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and then suddenly it was like, okay, now it makes sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. And similarities but differences, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's almost it's almost like getting to the destination mm -hmm. uh but taking a different route to get there, right? Yeah. But it is it is a paradigm shift. It is because it, it, it looks at something that may have been invisible that you didn't even know was there and go, All right, now oh I can look at it that way and it could help me to mm -hmm. do oh that's interesting. And you because we are all going through what did she call it? The shock. What was the shock called? conflict shock yeah conflict shock and i think this kind of insight could be helpful especially this hour because we do have a couple of at least a couple of topics talking about depression emotional states and as you and i know it's not a drug deficiency disease or syndrome that's obvious here but for some they're just waking up to that reality because they wait until somebody in science says it which we'll do today right. yeah but the first uh, story of hour two here and you go to robertscottbell.com in the notes, or if you get the newsletter, which, by the way, Super Don is making available to you for free. All you got to do is text RSB to the numbers 22828. Text RSB to 22828, and then you'll be prompted to sign up. And, in fact, when you send these things out, they have a lot of stories, maybe more than we can cover in any given show, but... They're of interest. Well, what I've done, what I've done, because I just, and you know, I've talked about this over time, that yeah. it just bugs me. And, and you know what, I, 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 it all started with the, the, the first person that made the comment mm -hmm. at some point, it's been a few years now, where they were like, I get all my news from you. And I'm just like, oh my God. What you felt the heavy, you know, and I'm just going, man. Thanks for putting that much responsibility on us. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm just like, gosh, there's so much, you know, but we can't cover everything that I think is important or mm -hmm. you think is important in two hours, right? So you know, mm -hmm. we've talked about doing a third hour, and we haven't quite gotten there. But with the newsletter, I'm able to put some of that out there. But even with the newsletter, it was like, man, there's still stuff left over. So what yeah. I've done, I don't know if you've noticed this. Mm -hmm. But at the bottom of the newsletter now, instead mm -hmm. of doing like a, a feature yeah. of all the stories, I will feature a, a bunch of them. And at the end, there's just a list. And I call them last-minute articles. Mm. And they're just links to probably, you know, 10 or 15 more yeah. articles that are in today's news that I think are important enough, but I don't have enough room to put all of them on the newsletter. Sure. But if any of way. them, Super Don, if any of them so. link to CNN, we're going to lose subscribers. We lost one uh, for that. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. You know, I just... I, I think about I, what... I understand. I understand yeah. that there are some people that all you have to do is say CNN and they throw holy, holy water on themselves, you know, and, they, and you know, and they're doing Hail Marys and stuff <laughs> and because they heard the word, the letters CNN together. Yeah. And I, look, I get it. I get yeah. it. But, you know, the, the thing is, is I promise you, I will never put BS from CNN in the newsletter. We will never cover it unless we're mocking it, yeah. on this show, okay? I I don't just read a headline and go, okay, here, read this. 
I read the article. I yeah. look at it. And there have been a lot of articles that I've, I've looked at headlines and I'm like, ooh, that looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'll read the article and I'll get to a point where I'm just like, oh, That's I crap. can't. No, yeah. I can't. I just can't. I can't do it, you know? But do you Here's, perceive you know, things... that you're sharing a kind of worldview concepts? You know, read this, get a sense of what's going on out there. And as I think... Think for yourself. Yeah. Don't, I, no. you know, I... I know you, nobody's going to hand feed people and go, here's what you, here's all the good stuff you have Let's to, cram it this is what head. you believe. This is, no, I might throw out an article there that's from CNN and it might irritate people, including you, but there's a reason for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A, it's because guess what? They, they put out something good. Check this out. Or B, they put something out here that I know is 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 something that's controversial, but I want you to read it so that you can think about it and you can form your own opinion on it mm-hmm. as to why you don't agree with what it is they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's an educational process here. It's not just a here, believe everything that I'm sending you in the newsletter, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll put stuff in there. Yeah. For example, I, th- I think it's in today's newsletter. Mm-hmm. There's an article there that's talking about the the mRNA flu shot that they're coming out with. Now, mm-hmm. some people might look at that and go, oh, you mean you're in, in support of mRNA flu shots? Why would you put that in there? Are you suddenly selling out? Are you, are you like mRNA now? No. I put it in there because mm-hmm. look at what they're doing. But they're trying to come out now with a flu shot that's mRNA. You need to know about this so that you can be on guard and know that this is coming up. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's like... Yeah, yeah. listen, Tuberty, you're challenging folks not just to annoy them, but to seriously say, hey, no. look, there are perspectives out there that are not confirmation bias articles for our view of the world. And you want people to see those other things that are occurring. And I, again, I greatly appreciate that. I'm glad, you know, you communicated that very well, by the way. You didn't have to be exasperated doing it. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I'm sorry. You, That's just me. It was all That's because just that me. Also, one person. Did, yeah. did you happen to see the uh, the article there uh, referring to um, Fauci's retirement? That apparently uh, when he retires, they're going to, uh, be, uh, there's going to be a ceremony. Yeah. And they're going to give him the 21 booster shot salute. <laughs> yes, I did. See on, that. on his, on his was, way out, out, right. out the door there. I was yes. thinking, wouldn't that be fun if they made a uh, like a monument to Fauci, and then we could finally be all for tearing down monuments? So tearing down a monument on yeah. the side of tearing down monuments. <laughs> now uh, we'd have you know. to let it be up there next to General Lee, right? Too. Just yeah. spray paint it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the first article you you uh, uh, put out for hour two, uh, the case against the physician gag order. Uh, isn't that interesting? Again, the uh, censorship Oops, that has become mainstay yeah. uh, within mainstream media, certainly, but even within what we call the mainstream of medicine, where rather than embracing what we call scientific inquiry, questioning, we talked about this last hour about how we're challenged to learn new things all of the time. And the moment we hang our hat and say there's nothing new to learn, now you're in a, a state of decay. I think that's you know evidence of cancerous growth, too. We get We get stopped. You know, maybe it's a toxic shock of some kind. But these uh, gag orders, uh, this article that's written about it, it's like clearly it's a great article and a great letter by Dr. Aaron Cariotti, licensed in California as a physician. He directs the Health and Human Flourishing Program at the Zephyr Institute in Palo Alto, serves as chief of ethics at the Unity Project. So he's far in in terms of what we call mainstream medicine and science as well. And he's talking about AB 2098. And I think this was the the relation to the the lawsuit we talked with uh, our attorney friend there in in California, 
Oh, what was his name? Gosh darn it. I'm, not, I'm thinking about so many things, and I apologize. We know him well. Um, but Rick Jaffe. Come. Rick Jaffe. Thank you, Rick. Yep. Pers- sorry about that, Rick. I, you know, I know you well. So, um, but how now within the medical circles that normally would be sycophants or, or, or what we call the echo chamber, they're trying to break free of the echo chamber and call their fellow physicians out on this. And he says this, a physician with a gag order, a physician who cannot say what he or she thinks is not a physician you can trust. It's a powerful statement. Patients want to know if they can ask their uh, physician a question, including a question about COVID, that they will get their doctor's honest opinion, regardless of whether the patient follows the opinion, seeks a second opinion or whatever. Patients will not trust physicians if they believe their doctor is simply parroting a consensus judgment that he or she may not endorse. Now, part of what we see here is the monopoly of medicine, and it's gotten worse because it used to be that physicians work for themselves, or maybe they had a small group of them working together, a couple of, you know, whatever, going into business. And now the vast majority of physicians work for big corporations, big hospitals, et cetera. And if you find out if you're in a small enough town and even some big towns and you go to a specialist and you get an opinion, you say, I want to get a second or third opinion, the specialists that you go to in, in conjunction with that to get those other viewpoints are connected via the same corporate structure. And they will never counter the opinion of the first. So it's all lockstep. So you have a physician class that's mired in, at best, mediocrity. At worst, atrocity. That manifests, and then they go gag orders, gag orders. We can't have physicians breaking free of that. They have designed this thing to ultimately have centralized bureaucratic controls over what doctors say, what they think, what they believe. And if they think it, And if they believe it, they better not say it if it counters the the narrative. And so this article from the Brownstone Institute and this Cariotti uh, doctor, he's encouraging those in California to oppose this AB 2098, which would basically put a gag order on physicians. Now, we pointed out that that gag order existed long before this became uh, an issue. Of course, we've been way ahead of the curve on this show because of what I've uncovered in my journey from allopathic thought form, doctor-focused, pharmacy-focused, to homeopathy and natural medicine and supplementation and organic food, all of that changed my worldview completely, much like we changed worldviews a little bit in discussing German new medicine in the first hour. Yet do we then say, oh, no, that hurts too much. I don't want to think about it. Let's put a gag order on anybody who talks about German new medicine because that's a threat to the way we perceive even natural healing. Or do we say, you know what? I don't fully understand it. I might not even embrace it, depending on where you are. Go, but Okay, it's a different perspective. Maybe I want to learn about it. And that's awesome. How do we take it? And that's, that's you know, beginning attitude. Question is, you know, how do we wake up in the day? Do we wake up and go, I don't want to learn anything new? Or do you wake up and say, good Lord, guide me to learn what I need to learn to help myself and others that need the help, you know, or whatever mantra you may wake up with. What is it? What is your starting point of the day? Now we have social media various social media outlets that we've been utilizing. Some we've been banned on, some we've been temporarily banned on, and then you know, brought back into the mix. Some of this is a mystery in some cases. And, and I know it wouldn't it be wonderful if we could find a Facebook and a Twitter that everybody that we love and know gravitated toward, and that hasn't happened. There's a diaspora of social media breaking off of the Facebooks and Twitters. I don't know if there'll ever be one replacement. And I'm not even saying there has to be, but yeah, it would be nice because you have a, we like coming together and making it easier for us to communicate and through the social sphere, through the online sphere to reach out to folks. But 
I want to remind you, if you need the reminder, that we all can be doing better at doing it locally, about getting together human to human. I mentioned there was a, a meeting I was invited to speak at last week. They were called Sisters of Liberty, and they had been meeting weekly for 12 years. And I, and I said, you guys, did you meet through COVID? Oh, yeah, we met right through COVID. We didn't stop. And because there was a human to human contact that they never lost, they were able and are able to see through things that many people that didn't have that human to human contact were either fully deceived or partially deceived or lived, you know, sort of, eh, I'm not sure kind of scenario. And part of our efforts here with the difficulty in, in, in utilizing the Facebooks and, and, and Twitters of the world reliably, I hope that it's a message to each and every one of us. And I'm speaking to myself here as well to do better locally to do better at communicating to our friends, family, and neighbors that live near us to establish the relationships that we once was a normal part of being in a local community that had been broken down and destroyed to some degree by maybe a great degree by government and our embracing of as well, easy and cheap money under the federal reserve system where we relied less and less on our neighbors and each other and more and more on, international bankers to provide for us that we could then turn that paper into whatever we wanted without having to interact with anybody. And now in digitally, it's like everything just magically appears by drone as well. So it's a concept that yes, we struggle with dealing with these social media uh, constructs of, of censorship or in California where they're going overt censorship with medical boards. I mean, for me, I would say, can we please end licensure altogether? Can we just stop it? We know that it's a, it's a ruse, even if people believe it's to protect the public, the reality it's to protect economic monopolies and to strangle the marketplace, to limit the amount of people that can engage in a certain kind of practice that they want to control. Totally. Is that really for our benefit? I would argue no. And I would say it's, it's about dang time we grew up and matured beyond licensure, recognize there are other ways to interact in the marketplace without a license from government. Okay. Now, LinkedIn is one of the uh, social media networks, I guess. They, they've evolved into try to be like a Facebook. I've, I've seen their, their things. We've done some stuff on LinkedIn. And I think, Super D, is it true that we go out on LinkedIn as well? Our broadcast go, goes to LinkedIn. Is that true? I, I'm just lost on all the places that it, it, we end up broadcasting to live. Is LinkedIn one of them? That is true, yes. We do broadcast on LinkedIn every day. Okay. And, and yep. as of now, I don't think we've been censored, but I wouldn't be surprised if we are based on this article. David Thunder on his Substack headline reads, LinkedIn's misinformation policies are an attack on science, rationality, and social progress. And he uses those terms specifically because I think th that LinkedIn uses those terms in terms of their community guidelines. Because they, they want to, what do they want to do? They want to promote science and rationality and social progress. And yet the things that they're doing to censor people like this guy, what did he post? He posted uh, something about evidence that SARS-CoV-2 poses close to zero risk of severe disease for children. And it is utterly inconceivable to him, as he wrote, that the FDA has approved COVID vaccines for six months old under EUA. What, where's the emergency? And he asked that question. And it was based on a scientific paper that showed in Icelandic children, those were affected with COVID, 21% were asymptomatic, 74% were mild at best symptomatic. Moderate symptoms without medical care, 4%. Moderate symptoms with medical care, 1%. Severe symptoms, 0%. Hospitalized, 0%. Deaths, 0%. 0%. 
So he posts that, which is a scientifically referenced peer-reviewed article, and he was censored. He was restricted, his account, temporarily banned on LinkedIn. And it's like, what, what did he do to violate science or rationality or social progress by posting that? Except it was violative of the narrative, the belief that they want us all to have that is anti-science, in fact, that is not rational. And if anything, it regresses whatever they call social progress. I mean, it's, a, it, again, a fascinating thing to watch. These social medias being controlled and owned by those who are sympathetic with or directly connected with World Economic Forum and Klaus Anal Schwab's intent to suppress us all, remove us from anything we think we own, and claim that we'll be happy because of it. Or WHO or CDC or Fauci or FDA, on and on it goes. And in freedom, we can figure this thing out. In tyranny, of course, we struggle with basic things. And then now we have to go into battles that maybe most of us do not want to engage in. I don't want to see bloodshed and war. But if you recognize the history of humanity, it's been filled with that. And even today, as much as we think we've come far, look at what governments of the world are doing, including the United States government, stimulating unnecessarily uh, violent actions, incursions, that they call war without a declaration, instigating and instituting them for great purpose. What is that great purpose? Not something we want, but more control, more centralization, more limitations on your freedom to, to think, feel, act, to travel, to move about the cabin, to worship. All of these things that we've seen because, you know, the vulnerability I talked about is our fear of germs, not the germ line we were talking about uh, in the first hour, but you know what I'm saying. So it's fascinating and great, and at the same time, good, I mean, that these people on the inside with great intellect are utilizing that through Substack a lot of times now, like this David Thunder, to talk about censorship and to say, hey, 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 look at this, what they're doing. The guys and gals who are censoring are never on the side of good. They're always on the side of, well, ultimately evil, if you could say it that way, because they're violating fundamental rights that are yours by virtue of your very creation, your birth, including that freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, et cetera, all of those things enshrined in the First Amendment to the Constitution, which doesn't grant you any of those things, but acknowledges those are rights that precede the establishment of any government, least of all the United States government. So if you're depressed about any of this that I'm just I'm hoping I'm hoping it's uplifting, but certainly thought provoking, too. As Super Don said so well in exasperated tone, stop yelling at me if I put a CNN article in the uh, newsletter. <laughs> but he said it well, right? Think about it. See it from different viewpoints. Not necessarily so you'll agree with it, but maybe you'll say, oh, they are perceiving reality this way because of this. And that might, might help you to navigate people that are not here yet. We're not encouraging hatred divisiveness and, and, and violence, certainly not, but recognizing we do have a right of defense against those who would use the power of government against us to limit our freedom. That's where it crosses the line, and we have to be prepared to defend our lives, our, our liberty, our property. And everybody's got to make that decision on their own at, at, the, at those given times. But I think about if we're willing to do it, and they know we're willing to do it all the time, a lot of the nightmares that we're a part of that have manifested in the world would not manifest because they'd have no place to manifest or they'd be off where the people are disengaged and fearful rather than standing strong in defense of their rights and recognizing that rights are different from privileges 
and that rights could never be granted by government. So we'll get into some depression talk, not depressing talk, but talk about depression in a moment. I want to once again thank some of those folks that are out there supporting us in this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, including uh, Christopher Key, who we had on just yesterday, and uh, mentioned that uh, I, I, I inadvertently, say inadvertently, may have won the challenge of the week, the max out challenge. And, and as I've said about these challenges every week at my gym that I go to, they're fun because they, they really push you. You try to do better. And it gets me to push my heart rate even higher if I can get it up there, even though I'm doing cardio miracle every day and it's so efficient, but getting in better shape. And two days ago, was it today's when? Yeah. Two, no, it was yesterday. Wasn't it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday morning it was on two days ago. I did the uh, challenge max out challenge, which is full bore all nine rounds, three minutes. You get 30 seconds rest in between 30 seconds hit and three minutes again. And my goal was based on, you know, my improvement. This is fun because you have a yardstick to measure as I've seen the reps go up over the time I've done these challenges or so maybe 1500 to 1600. And I've been maxed out the last two challenges at that between 17 and 1800 reps of different exercises in those nine rounds. And I thought, gosh, it would be cool to beat 1800 this time. And, and I've been doing, of course, the cardio miracle and I've hit that amazing, great plateau. And I wanted to build more strength. And I started the IGF one from Neutronics and you guys can buy one, get one free. Those links are there. And this time through yesterday, I broke almost to, well, 19, I think it was 1978, 1,978 reps. So 200 more about than I had ever done since the last one I did six months ago. So it's like, I'm looking at the things that are helping me to get to that level of health and vitality and fitness. Not that everybody's going to do those same things, but for me, it's a yardstick measurement. And I feel great. And I am sore. <laughs> My muscles are sore. Oh, there it is. There's the picture. And I, I think I use Photoshop to make my arm look big because it's not really that big in that real life, Super Don. I don't want you to think I'm Ty Bollinger or anything. I'm not. <laughs> sore today. That's right. Uh, but stronger tomorrow. Uh, but it, it isn't kind of a soreness that uh, I am walking around like an old man. Cause if you haven't worked out in a while and you jump in and do that, you can, and I've been there plenty of times. Super Don has been there. He knows you're like, Oh, I can't sit down. Ow, ow. But it's not like that, but it's a good kind of sore. We used to call that. And those of you who are athletes or have been in athletic endeavors, a good kind of sore. And, and it's a great feeling. And I, and I wish that everybody could feel that, that wants to. And I recognize we're all at different phases of our lives and athletic endeavors might be different than mine. That's fine. I'm not even trying to run a marathon. That's not my goal either, but to feel good in the body that I recognize in my younger years, I didn't feel this good in is my point of saying that. And the tools I bring to you are designed in some way, shape or form to get you to a better place or space so that you can achieve what you're here to achieve. What is your goal? What is your purpose? What is your mission? I don't know what it is for you. I sort of sense what it is for me, but even that might change as time goes on. But I certainly want to be strong enough to, to enjoy the time that I have here. And we don't know how much time that is. Any of us do. But it's a wonderful thing to find something that you love to do and use that as a goal to make, make sure you do the things maybe you don't enjoy as much and realize that is movement. As much as I've harassed Super Don to get out in the garden, that movement facilitates life extension. All of that is so critically important to us as we go forward and also addresses the depression issue. Once again, if you're out in the garden or if you got bugs around your house, remember orange guard, orangeguard.com or go out of your local ACE hardware. See if they'll take gold backs like the, the three ACE hardwares in my area do. Um, if not teach them about it, that's another thing. That's fun. Local, if you will, currency release or loosen your dependence on 
the rapidly devaluing Federal Reserve note, which, you know, has fluctuation against other fiat currencies. We know that. And artificially is uh, holding prices so-called of gold and silver down. Not really, but artificially. So holding onto those things or utilizing those things to spend and buy is a wonderful thing as part of the going out there and relieving depression, Just watching people light up in that regard. So orangeguard.com again, thanks to nutritional frontiers. August 6th, we're together Saturday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I hope to see you there, or you can get streamed live. Uh, tickets are available at nutritionalfrontiers.com. Those are linked up in the upcoming events. We have autism one August 18th through the 21st. We've got a series of online events that are happening webinars that happen from time to time. And then, uh, early let me see i'm actually i should go to the upcoming events page so i don't forget all the things that we've got coming up uh, let me see if i can do that there's an upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com thank you for indulging me to i i, I do this just because i love seeing you guys in real life too not just you seeing me doing this uh so yes journey of healthcare autism one oh yes the united states health freedom congress september 23rd and 24th minneapolis st paul that's a wonderful weekend or it's actually a mid end of the week event. I think it's a Thursday, Friday event or Friday, Saturday. I'm not sure. I don't know that I don't have the calendar in front of me, but a, a full two day event, usually one night before evening, we have a welcome and it's great to reunion with people that love health, freedom, and healing Liberty. And if you, if you're getting the inclination, the nudge to go, you will meet wonderful people. You'll be strengthened in relationships and it's not a frenetic event at all. It's not like a thousand things are going on at one time. It's a very focused event on health freedom. You don't have to be a voting member to attend. You can be associate supportive member. And of course, if you're a, a, have a business or service, you can support the event and sponsor it too. That will help. There's a lot of expenses associated with this. So this is the 13th us health freedom Congress happening September 23rd, 24th in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Then we got the Hyatt Regency Orlando, the seventh uh, through the ninth wellness parenting revolution. Uh, thanks to doctors, Terry and Stu Warner. And then the health freedom expo, the 15th and 16th, of October. And then I'll be back in Pittsburgh area uh, the 22nd, but I, I've got a, I'm still waiting for a brochure or something. We can promote that event as well. And there'll be more, but make sure you sign up to the newsletter and all the effort Super Don puts it out there, including the poll questions. Uh, what was the poll question today? Super D, by the way, plant that seed and we'll go back to the uh, responses uh, on today's poll question that you put out in the newsletter. Here it is. Oh, that's appropriate. Re re referencing the Pure Body Extra $5 deal we got till the 24th. How important is heavy metal detoxification to you? Very important. Somewhat important. Not important. Not sure. Oh, we'll get to the answers a little later in the show. So let's go to the article on uh, no evidence that depression is caused by low serotonin levels. This is on Medical Express. Now, the entire multi-billion dollar industry of psychiatric or psychotropic drugging psychiatric uh quack medicine if you want to use the term that the quacks use against us they call us quacks uh, somebody on on twitter just the other day said that to one of my posts about the show the live broadcast oh you're just such a quack i just kind of laugh at that you know we've, we've heard this forever uh that quack probably believes mercury is safe in injection so no evidence that depression is caused by low serotonin levels Do you understand the ssri's multi-billion dollar drug category based on a theory that it is serotonin levels being abnormal in the brain that is resulting in depression. And there have been analyses of these drugs showing that there is no statistical significance in terms of that against placebo. People that took placebo felt just as good. So it wasn't beyond placebo. Yet, this is the industry standard of psychiatry. 
and there is no blood test. There's no brain chemical test. There's no urine test. There's no identifiable objective test to determine you're depressed via a chemical imbalance. And yet these drugs are still prescribed decades and decades And let me just interject real quick. One of the things I love is that when you watch the commercials, Mm -hmm. they're like, such and such drug might work by doing blah, 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 blah. And, And I'm like... You mean you mean this drug is out there? You don't even know how it works. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just well, you know what it might be doing is doing this. Right. In other yeah. words, you have no idea what it's doing. You think you know, maybe, and you got it approved somehow. What was you the, don't even know what it's doing? What was the percentage of of, of uh, drug therapies that medical doctors used that was actually supported by sound science? Remember that. It was oh like, God! Yeah, that was a good. Was like that was a good 20, one. I can't remember what the number was, but it was very yeah. low. It was very low. It's embarrassingly low. Now yeah. we have another article here from Medical Express on the depression subject. It's linked to consuming an inflammatory diet. See, that has a way more validity to me. The impact on the microbiome, the home for the microbiome, the brain, and every system. Inflammation increases what they call frailty. This is in the Journal of Gerontology. A, a series A found a link between depression, diet, and development of frailty. They define that as a recognizable state of increased vulnerability resulting from a decline in function across multiple physiological systems, affecting 10 to 15% of adults and often co-occurs with other conditions like depression. So food or so-called food that creates inflammatory responses within the body makes worse already existing depression or may even be a prime cornerstone creator of depression. I mean, I've said this about people that have a, a good outlook on life generally. But yet their bodies are not cooperating with that good outlook on life. And they're like, oh, I don't feel good. And eventually you may end up depressed simply because your body is not doing what you think it should do. And I've talked about the swings between the emotional states. Depression is sort of that last state when you're exhausted from being angry and frustrated and angry and frustrated. You know, life isn't always going your way and it's not fast enough. And on. so you suffer between these swings. And then when you're exhausted, it ends up leading toward depression. And I've also talked about the homeopathic remedies, not comprehensively, but three that are associated with it. The anger being stramonium, S-T-R-A-M-O-I-N-U-M. Uh, we've got the frustration in between those states, which is the remedy, homeopathics, argentum, nitricum silver nitrate in homeopathic form you can cauterize a gunshot wound with silver nitrate but as a homeopathic remedy that's not going to cauterize the wound it's a different interaction with the body and then if you swing out of the energy cycle and you end up depressed sepia is often prescribed again this is not an exhaustive list but just to have this concept of watching the human condition sway between anger and frustration and and depression and uh see all of that And yes, there's probably different views of this with German new medicine, as we learned about in first hour. But again, concepts like these are you don't abandon, but you start looking at them in a broader way, maybe a deeper way as well. And and yet the SSRI drugs, the psychotropic drugs, there is no identifiable objective test to say you need any of those drugs or that they even work. And that's what they're acknowledging now. Super D, good find on those two articles together. Really good. Well, and I, I think you're you're giving you're giving big pharma uh, a, a bigger pass on this situation than well, you than you, you go take today. it to them, go take it because well, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't want to spend forever on it, but it's like yeah. I, you know, when I saw that this morning, I was just like, wow, that's a huge yeah. story. Yet, who's talking about this today? Pro- 
<laughs> probably. Yeah, you know, where I is doubt it on- Nightliner 2020 is going to be doing an expose on this. The 24 hour network. They, not- they do a comprehensive study and they find that there's no evidence mm-hmm. that low serotonin is linked to depression. And I'm yeah. thinking, how many different antidepressants are out there? Mm-hmm. Antidepressants have been around for a really long time, decades. Yeah. You know, and if you if you take a look, how much have they gotten away with? How many crimes? If if you take a look at, you know, just for fun, I like to do this. You know mm-hmm. this. Uh, what are the most common side effects of SSRIs? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, according to this, number one on the list, anxiety. Oh, great! I'm depressed. I just took a drug because to cure my depression, and now I have anxiety. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do about my anxiety now? (laughs) Run to the bathroom because you also have diarrhea. Diarrhea, Mm -hmm. headaches, nausea, vomiting, dry mouth. And then Mm -hmm. you go to some of the more serious side effects. Mm -hmm. Arrhythmias, Mm -hmm. abnormal heart rhythms, right? Bleedings, stomach Mm -hmm. bleeds. Uh, serotonin syndrome. I've never heard of that one before. Well, it's created by the drug uh, that they use to try to treat it. Oh, isn't that weird? Right. No. And how about some suicidal thoughts? Right. So behaviors, actions. Here yeah. you've got you've got decades now of people uh, doing this. I'm sure people have, you know, with suicidal thoughts. There's probably been some follow through it there at some point. People have been messed up for decades taking these these antidepressants. Sometimes no. taking two, three at a time. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that there's no link. There's no link. Why is this something that is is like buried somewhere on Medical Express that we're covering on the Robert Scott Bell show and not on CNN? Oh, wait a minute. Damn it. That's right. Who supports them? Who's paying for CNN? Where do they get their money from, right? Who's paying for our uh, bureaucratic oligarchy, our FDA? Uh, our FTC, all of that. That's a huge, that is just, to me, this that's is, a huge black, should be a black eye. This is why. Somebody should be going, hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here. But instead, tomorrow, you know, uh, everybody will forget about it. Yeah, and they'll still call RSB a quack. They won't invite us to the table when it comes to these discussions at the highest levels of uh, policies associated with health and healing. Homeopaths are not welcome. Real naturopaths are not welcome chiropractors are often not welcome either and you know they're even licensed some naturopaths are too so the idea of insanity perpetuating insanity is like listening to experts that are only experts in being morons if we knew this if i knew this (laughs) how many years ago how come they didn't how come they don't or if they do why aren't they speaking out in any case it doesn't look good and so these experts, these institutions are crumbling, not because of anything I say or Dell Bigtree says. They're collapsing of their own weight in a foundation that was never there to begin with. Kind of like the SSRI drugs, which we mentioned. You know, you look at uh, cholesterol causes heart disease. Excuse me? When fully half of cases of heart attacks occur in those with low cholesterol as they do in high, how do you make that claim? But we have a drug to sell, Robert. Shut up. We, we need to do bypass surgery. Shut up about chelation and minerals and, and cardio miracle. Don't talk about that. Uh, so that's where we are. And now we're at the stage of answering your questions because we have a couple of them submitted. So if you don't mind, Super D, let's do a couple of questions of the day right about now. All right. This first one's coming from Bill. Just wondering about the nasal swab. I'm 73 years young at the gym four to five days a week. 
I've been going to gyms 60 continuous years. Oh my gosh. I probably can't keep up with you then, Bill. I haven't been going that long. Uh, he says, hey, I play competition table tennis three to six hours a week. And yeah, it's ping pong. No, don't call it ping pong. It's table tennis. Okay, all right, whatever, Bill. I have not taken a flu shot or shingles or pneumonia in years. However, two years ago, I had a minor operation. Consequently, I had to have the nasal swab. I heard some people in the health field say that the nasal swab is just as bad as a jab. Others say the nasal swab is very different from the jab. What say you? Thanks, Bill. Well, Bill, there is genuine controversy about this. And I've talked with um, uh, medical physicians. As, we, as I say, we've been meeting weekly uh, with groups of uh, physicians of all kinds of backgrounds talking about this. And you think I'm radical in my perspective. Some of these docs, I'm like going, dude, you have really gone deep on this stuff. And what we can honestly say is that we don't know with every one of these swabs what is on them, what is in them, much less the risk of whoever's giving it to you, the swab. Remember, we played the video years ago now, I think a couple of years ago now, of the nasal swab given by robot. And we're like, uh, I don't think so. That looks like too Terminator-like what could happen there. But even from human error to purposeful um, absurdity, if you've got something that they claim is a virus that's replicating within the sinus cavity, and the only way you can detect it is to take basically a Q-tip that is like on steroids, it's so large and long, that it's driven deep, deep, deep back into the nasal cavity and the septum near the brain. That, and then you start scraping, you turn it, you twist and turn it at the mucous membrane level in a very thin layer of where you could actually puncture, you could rupture, you could cause bleeding. And who knows what's on these swabs because guess what, folks? Many of them are in fact manufactured. Guess where? Our great friends, the Chinese, not distant on the people, but China and the communist China, whatever. They are not invested in having safe products delivered to America in reality. And so you cannot dispute the fact that there's an unknown risk. If you analyze and say there's graphene on some of them, is it on all of them? Don't know. We don't even know, again, in the initial phases of the jabs they like to call vaccines, that they were fully engaged in what they had in terms of mRNA versus placebo. There were folks that were coming out with, you know, information that was pretty powerful about, hey, some people got placebo, didn't know it. It was part of the experiment or plausible deniability that it wouldn't harm everybody if we give people the fake stuff. So we don't know what they did to you, Bill, how harmful it was. But tell me that you need to go all the way to the back of the sinus cavity and scrape and scrape and scrape in order to get that. And even then, they can't put it on a Petri dish and grow it and go, hey, here it is, the coronavirus. They got to then go through just genetically modified gymnastics through a PCR test ultimately to amplify, 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 amplify. At a certain point, it's ridiculous. It doesn't, you know, what they can find whatever they want. In this charade that never ends, even today, as people go, oh, I got tested, and therefore, oh my God. But it, but it seems to be, a, okay, the test is crap. It's still crap. It's always been crap. It'll always be based on detecting infectious agents, acute or chronic. It's not what it's designed to do. Do I need to go back to that? PCR, PCR, PCR. I was the first in media just about among a few of us that were talking about that. You guys were playing drinking games initially. Remember that? So is it different than the jab? Yes. By and large, it's different than the jab, but does it manifest similarly in some people? Apparently it does. And that is the great unknown about what's on it, what's in it, where do they go? 
How deep do they push? There's a lot of factors here. It's just not a one-off versus a little touch to the mucous membranes of the external nares, and that might not be as negatively impactful, depending. And of course, you could follow it up with the uh, nasal spray of uh, you know the Sovereign Silver or Gent 23 and neutralize stuff fast if you could. That would be great too. All right, second question of the day, and Bill, follow up if I if you you've got other nuanced uh, parts of that that I didn't answer for you adequately. Uh, Crystal is uh, asking me about homeschooling or something related to this. She said, I started homeschooling last year and I've noticed that a lot of homeschooling materials promote germ theory and celebrate Pasteur and Jenner. Yeah, that's a very important point that you bring up, Crystal. I like that you are bringing that up. She says, I probably won't have the kids do a deep dive until late middle school or early high school. So keeping that age group in mind, what are good resources for kids to learn the truth? I do have a copy of Dissolving Illusions by Suzanne Humphreys, but if I remember correctly, that doesn't get into Bechamp. That is true, Crystal. And, and you know, Suzanne Humphreys, and I love her. She's terrific. Um, she also, and I remember when Liam Sheff was alive, you know, we were all friends and Suzanne was in on that. And we talk about her uh, perspective from Dissolving Illusions, going back to polio. And at the time, at least years ago, she was still under the impression, as many doctors are, that polio was caused by a virus there was actually one virus despite the fact that we acknowledge and i think she acknowledges too and i apologize if i'm misspeaking uh, i know suzanne and i love her again there's nothing against her and, and i'm saying this i'm going back into my memory banks and history of this that we know that for instance polio was really a toxicological and nutrient or mineral deficiency syndrome and particularly the uh, ddt but we can go to other pesticides like the arsenates, the lead arsenates that they were spraying on, on apples, as well as you can't overstate the importance of the exposure to chlorine compounds in, in swimming pools at the time in that era and the sudden consumption of refined sugars in mass through mass refrigeration and ice creams and things. All of these play a role, but it's not the clean, neat story of one virus equaling paralysis. And we're still dealing with that today with COVID. This is the great controversy of germ versus terrain and, you know, the Dr. Kaufman's of the world that are, you know, very adamant that the germ is bunk and it's, there's no basis for it. And in fact, none of this has been isolated versus what I, I don't know if I find myself in the middle of this discussion because I'm not buying into the germ theory here, even with COVID, except to acknowledge that they're, yeah, that they manufactured something weird. There is something going on. I'll give you that. And I don't know it all, but at the same time, ignoring the electromagnetic stressors that seem to be very impactful, the other influences, whether they be injected or not, of, uh, you know, if they call it genetic sequences, but we might call it graphene, different metals and other things, triggered by electromagnetic frequencies, if you want to call it 5G or otherwise. And those are given short shrift, if given shrift at all. And if I bring it up, it's like, oh, you're just trying to deny, da 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 fill in the germ theory blanks there. And we go into viral isolation and I bring up this very, I think a very important salient point that just like I said about the PCR test needing to, to identify what they swab from the back of your sinus cavity. It's not like they went in there. Oh yeah, there's plenty of virus. Look at that on the Petri dish. Look at it. We found it. We've isolated. It's there. It's there. No, you have to go through just amazing, crazy stuff to get to the point where they say, here it is. There's an electron microscope photograph of it. And so I may grant you that something was isolated, but I would arguably say that you haven't hit the, I guess, the burden of proof. And maybe I'm just a stickler on this to say, well, that thing that you say is pictured in your or sequenced in your is actually the cause of all of that stuff, any more than the whole 
uh, swine flu or let's go Spanish flu claims, proclamations of 1918 coming about 15 plus years later and digging up a dead guy in Alaska and finding out what was in him because now you have an electron microscope or some other technology that you would see things and go, that's what killed everybody. People buy that. I'm telling you, it's an, it's not only an agenda, but it's, it's black magic. We've been programmed. We've been hoodwinked by magicians, not in a good sense, not in a fun Hollywood uh, or Las Vegas show magic sense, but in a nefarious sense to fear the invisible. And only these wizards, only these wizards that have lab coats and, and PhDs and MDs by their name, conjure this stuff up and go, see, this test shows. And our evidence is look at all the people with symptoms. And that's a self-fulfilling, if you will, not prophecy, but it's basically a tautological argument because these people are sick and we have this test. It's this thing that we say is that caused all of that. And I still think that's very much in dispute. And I know that's a struggle for some of you that get mad at me if I talk about the virus at all versus, you know, okay, I'll leave that alone for now. Just, if you will, bear with me as I try to communicate things that are seemingly incommunicatable to two views of the, the world that seem to never meet in the middle in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think uh, that meeting in the middle as a, a, a terrain person means you're abandoning your principles of your belief in the terrain, but it recognizes there's the presence of things, yes, but we would argue they're not causative, or if they are, they're also a result of the alteration of the terrain or arguably artificially induced by man's madness in terms of genetically making things or, you know, upregulating things, et cetera, like that. Uh, so, um, this is, I went really far off your question, Crystal. I don't know if the Ron Paul homeschool curricula goes into germ theory versus terrain. I, I have not, I'd have to ask Tom Woods that if that's the case, but this has been an area of deficit for Liberty minded homeschoolers for years in that we don't have, to my knowledge, and you guys and gals out there that homeschool, that listen to them or watch this show, even if it's later, please send me information about homeschool curricula that addresses terrain versus germ better, that actually acknowledges Antoine Béchamp, things like that. And I will be happy to promote it, talk about it more. I love the Tuttle Twin stuff and what they're doing. I don't know that they go into ter terrain versus germ either. That is a, a gaping hole or black hole that doesn't exist of knowledge that isn't there within many homeschool curricula. So Crystal, I put it out to the audience. If you guys and gals, cause I'm beyond the age of homeschool. Not that we homeschooled, uh, we would have killed the kids and we wanted the kids to live. <laughs> if you want your kids to live, some of you can do it. Some of you can't, and I'm not going to be judgy about that. Uh, but I do agree. If you can homeschool, it's the best thing I do for most cases, most cases. So wrapping it up here, uh, the supplement attack, uh, on, I think I'm out of time. In fact, I apologize, Super Don. You should have yelled at me. Uh, but when we come back uh, in the bonus round, we'll talk about. It. You can link to it in the notes. RobertScottBell.com. We're, we're still in the window. It's 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 okay. Briefly, um, well, let me just mention this: that that you guys and gals that are responding to the Alliance for Natural Health call for action on the supplement attack, uh, it's starting mm -hmm. to work. We're seeing some chips away at the Dick Durbin disaster. You know, trying to attack supplements by making them, you know, mandatory. And I'll tell you, ANH has been yeah. on it. On it, on, yeah, they are the best. Making sure yeah. that people are are aware of what's going on. So that shows or that uh, story is, yeah. is in the show notes. So we'll take a break here. Now, you 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 mentioned the robots nasal swab thing. 
Yeah, you remember for that. For those of you who, and this was a while, this was like a year ago, I think, mm-hmm. when we covered this or so, At or least. more. Uh, yeah, so those of you who missed that and don't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. stick around. This video is going to give you nightmares. Cover your eyes. Hide your eyes. All right, <laughs> folks, we'll be back in 60 seconds or a blip. Not like a Thanos blip, but for those of you listening on the podcast later, it happens quick. But here we go. The power to heal is yours. Okay, here we are. Bonus round. Check this out, y'all. It's kind of gross, but this is what they wanted to do if you're afraid of people more than robots. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, no. Oh, no, no. Look at the size. First of all, look at the size of this Q-tip. Uh, it's eight feet long, it looks like. You yeah. see that thing? Yeah. And so there's this robot. Apparently, it lines up with the guy's nostril, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting closer, it's getting closer. Uh, oh, no, we're gonna stop here. Okay, here we go. We're going, we're going in. We're going now. Look how far this thing goes in when it goes. Oh my, he gets the angle. I'm like cringing. Look, 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 it's still going, still going, still going. And then it twists. Yep. Oh, oh. If you have, again, a, a oh, viral issue that has to be there. And look, the guy's brain is on the uh, on the yeah. tip of the... Oh, horrible, man. horrible. Are you kidding me? And do you notice those uh, donkey condoms behind him? What is that all about? That's scary. Ugh. The donkey... What? <laughs> huh? You see what's oh, behind that. him hanging from the walls there? I don't oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, that's for people to put their arms in there, I guess, or something. Yeah, because they're afraid of the robot. They're not going to put their real bodies in there. (laughs) They're all screw that. Brain nabby. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anyway. So Chris put a good comment in about, you know, the the nasal pharyngeal swab training. But again, the point that they have to go all the way back there. I mean, does anybody even question that? It's like, really? This thing is so deadly and prolific that you have to go not only all the way back and that's still not enough. Then you take it out and have to amplify it a zillion times through all these crazy procedures after you add bovine serum and mix it with this and shake it with that and centrifuge it this way. I'm like, you guys are, you know, smoking crack that believe that these viruses are the cause of your disease, so to speak. I'm sorry, that's wrong. It doesn't mean that I say, oh, they don't exist, but certainly not in a natural state where you can find them in abundance and they come right out and here they are. Not like that. I find that problematic. <sighs> well, you are the expert. No, yeah, don't get don't start with me on experts. <sighs> so, hey, great! I think great interview with uh, Andy Lockmeers today. I think that yeah, was that was really cool. cool. I was really pushing pushing our knowledge base too to a different level, and I love that. I'm not afraid of it, even though it hurt. We're okay. We're going to survive. Not too traumatic. All right, so we had a poll of the day that went out with the newsletter today. Mm-hmm. And the poll, how important is heavy metal detoxification to you? Okay. You can answer either very important, somewhat important, not important, I don't give a flip. Okay. Or I'm not sure. Yeah. And uh, so let's see, as of uh, half an hour ago, mm-hmm. it uh, looked like this. Yeah, I kind of expected this. Sixty-nine percent said it's very important, uh, followed by somewhat important, twenty-four percent. 
not sure. Came okay. in in third place at four percent, and not right. important two percent. I don't know what planet those two percent are living on. Those but. those two percenters. There's always that two two one or two percent there that like to. Yeah. They listen to the show. They just they haven't what gotten the, the memo yeah. yet. So almost seventy five percent, like seventy three percent, should immediately go to our website, click on the link, and go to the Touchstone Essentials to get the Pure Body Extra Colloidal Zeolite Suspension Oral Spray Advanced Daily Cellular Detox. If you were thought, find so it very where where would that be? Where where do they need to click? So you if you tell you know, me, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll okay. show you exactly where to go. Okay, right at the top of the web page there. Right, you scroll down over Zeolite on the right hand side. Are you going to send out another Zeolite email detox. for people and they need in case tomorrow? They actually, okay. tomorrow morning. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. It'll go out tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I'll probably send another one out maybe on Saturday. Um, and the thing we didn't got know till Sunday. Yeah, the thing we didn't know when we first announced it on Sunday and Monday was that listeners in Canada, you get the $5 free shipping deal. Listeners in England, UK, you get the $5 free shipping deal. Listeners in Australia, New Zealand, you get the $5 free shipping deal. That, uh, that's never happened. It's usually like U.S., maybe Canada. But in this case, it's like all of the English-speaking world almost, or you know, the majority of it anyway. So... Folks, if you haven't done that, $5, including shipping, to try it. They're so confident you're going to stay on it. That's why they can do this. And even then, you, you'll be on an auto ship where it's like 20% or 20 bucks off or something like that. So it's going to be a great deal. And it's so easy. Four sprays three times a day. Here it is. In fact, I'm due for my second dose today. So I'm going to open the bottle back up, the box back up. See if I can get it out here. So I've got a good safety sealed box. And so there it is. Comes in a two-ounce glass bottle, amber glass bottle basically a pure water and uh let me see pop off the safety cap four sprays tastes like water behaves like water easy enough and that starts you on your journey Ooh, went right through but uh <laughs> there you go that's as easy as it was and it is so uh you got nothing really nothing to lose get this get it give it a try you find out it works for you you'll stay on it and uh you'll be helped because we all have to deal with heavy metal and toxicological burdens, including the glyphosate stuff we talk about as well. So, but what else do you got to say, Superdon? I think I'm going to be talking um, to the, the, the guy from Touchstone Essentials for Friday show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll have his interview on Friday in the second hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are some people that have had, there was one question you see, do you remember that, that I forwarded to you? Somebody was asking about that. I think it was about whether it has a, uh, expiration, expiration date, date. Or not. Yeah. I wasn't clear yeah, on that. So that's but, something yeah. we'll, we'll want to ask him. Okay. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. You know, I mean, this, this is a, <clears throat> a fairly new thing to us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there's, you know, there's been some controversy in the past mm -hmm. about zeolites. Um, cause you know, when we first heard about them and I, I remember first hearing about them, they were, they were very popular. Uh, and it was just like, wow, this is a really cool thing. Right. But do you a remember what was discovered shortly thereafter? That made it controversial. Yeah. Yeah. It was because, you know, they were, they were doing uh, urine tests, right. Mm. To see, Hey, what's coming out? What am I, you know, what's detoxifying? What's, what am I getting rid of? And it was like, wow, look, man, this, oh, I have aluminum and cadmium and, and lead and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah. And then they did an analysis of the zeolite and found out that the zeolite 
had, all had those that. things in it. And so yeah. it was just going through their body and coming out of their, their mm-hmm. urine. You know, uh, so it really kind of put a black eye on the whole zeolite thing. Yeah. Well, it certainly put the kibosh for us. I'm like, dude, if you put yeah. it in and it comes out, great. But why would you put it in? So the point is cleaning it up to make it safe to use and then actually freeing up the zeolites for the intended purpose, which is to bind that which is in your body and get it out as opposed to bringing it in and taking it out. So that's what we have now. That's why I'm encouraged to tell you all about the, the Pure Body Extra natural nano size zeolite cleaned up ready to go we're using it already and again the deal is amazing five bucks and it expires the 20 the deal expires the 24th of july this sunday at midnight eastern time so jump on it indeed all right so what do we got here any other questions um, or comments coming through because i think i've got steven a recording session steven yeah steven suggested v science bites uh for uh uh homeschooling do we still have access? I guess it would depend on the age. Uh, it would depend on the age of the... Yeah, I believe they're still up there. But he said um, specifically that there was a great homeschooling reference in one of the episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that one, so, yeah. I, I don't, don't remember, but yeah, go back and listen. Um, those are available there still, right? Like you say that, so... Yeah. It's a good question, though. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of homeschooling going on now that wasn't going on before because of the... Uh, the lockdowns yeah some people said hey you know what i kind of like this and so they stuck with it not something i i'm i'm betting that the uh the the people that came up with the idea of the lockdowns didn't realize that it would have that effect now they're probably going damn <laughs> all these kids getting homeschooled now what are we going to do about that mm-hmm. can't have that happen So anyway, yes, uh, we can keep this short so that you can get ready for the uh, the interview. Okay. That's pretty much all I got. Let me take a quick look here at what we got going on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow on the show. Tomorrow is going to be th- Thursday. So we will have Jonathan E. Morton, hour one, talking about the latest in the on the, the political realm. And then hour two, we've got Tim Schur... Um, T-I-M-S-H-U-R-R dot com. Mm-hmm. And his website's very slow to come up here. Tim Schur, you are one belief away from exponential growth. Yeah, this is something that uh, Kevin put together here. And we will have him on tomorrow to see what he's all about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's see what happens on Friday. Scott Shara and Vera Sharav. Mm-hmm. will be on yeah it's like um, a, that's a gonna, superhero team up that's going to be a very interesting hour for sure and yeah. uh, then we'll we'll be playing the eddie stone interview he's the ceo and founder of touchstone essentials the mm-hmm. formulator and creator of the heavy metal detox zeolite product yeah i'm gonna get ready for that i just saw a tweet from yep. darla shine she says joe biden says he has cancer is that true is that a what I mean, that's probably the least of the things he has, honestly, if they're honest about his health conditions. Um, okay. <laughs> Apparently he did. Joe Biden says he has cancer thanks to the oil industry, but White House points to skin cancer years ago. So he doesn't oh. currently have cancer, I guess. 
So he says he uh, has cancer, but he doesn't understand the past tense versus present tense. The word. White House scrambled, apparently, uh, the press office to quickly clarify that he was referring to skin cancer treatment that he had before taking office last year. Okay. So he doesn't know how to use tense and verbs. I guess not. Yeah. That's great. Even without cancer, he's a moron. All right. Well, we'll just add that to the ever-growing list of things we can laugh about and yeah. shake our heads at. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I've got. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in today. Make sure to check out the uh, the Zeolite if you have not yet. Get signed up for the uh, newsletter. You can text RSB at 22828. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at the website. You can leave us a message at 866-939-2355. And with that... Off goes the light. Shout out to Hi Leslie. She just joined us. She has friends in town. So hi Leslie. And uh look forward to getting updates from her sometime in the chat room or elsewhere or on the show. And we'll be back uh less than twenty two hours from now. God willing, thank you for being here. Play some uh, funky music, white boy. Funky? I can't take requests this late in the show. How no? jazzy. All right, play some jazzy music. All right.